Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day. Joined the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in re- rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, just tr- uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now, join the Patreon, and join a, join a great fantasy football group, but more like a fantasy football family. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy. Which one do you like? You put it in the cart. You add the ring to the cart. You add the promo code DWZ ring. Makes the ring free. And your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring. And let's have a big season. What's happening, everybody? Happy Monday, and welcome to the Rookie Rundown. I am your host, Memphis. You can follow me on Twitter at DWZ Memphis. And with me, as always, every Sunday night, is my co-host. It is Dallas Hyder. That's a salad galore. That's Dallas backwards, S-A-L-L-A-D, salad galore on Twitter. Dallas, what's up, man? Hey Memphis, a little bit of a stressful week for me as a Bears fan. Free agency is in full swing right now. A lot of crazy moves going out there, specifically from my team. So I'm on, uh, as you would say, pins and needles right now. A little stressed out, but I'm ready to talk some rookies with you. Let's get this going. Yeah, man. And uh, back again, two weeks in a row. He's our favorite digital design bro. It is Matty Big Chest at Matty. Big chest on Twitter. What's up, Mr. Matty? It's good to be here, man. Um, I'm just I'm just hanging out. Uh, you know, watching free agency, watching a little bit of college basketball. Little it's hoops. Good time. It's you always good get time, your, man. Got to get your hoop on. So listen, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna do a two round rookie mock draft with a twist. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna jump in at the two oh one. So I personally selected these top 12 picks. So if you want to yell at someone, yell at me at DWZ Memphis. Don't yell at my boys. They had nothing to do with picks 1 through 12. So I'm going to read picks from 1 through 12. And we had a review a while back that said when we're reading lists to read them slowly. So I'm going to do that to make sure everybody can follow along. So here we go. The 101 was Trevor Lawrence. 
The 102 was Najee Harris. The 103 was Travis Etienne. The 104 was Jamar Chase. The 105 was Justin Fields. The 106 was Javante Williams. The 107 was Trey Lance. The 108 was Kyle Pitts. Remember, this is Superflex and tight end premium. The 109 was Zach Wilson. The 110 was Mac Jones. The 111 was Rashad Bateman. The 112, bit of a wild card, but I like it because that's how I roll. Rondale Moore. So I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go to Dallas first. Dallas, what is your biggest uh, your biggest pushback of my of my first twelve? I don't know that there's a lot of pushback with me specifically with who you had going. I would argue, I think the skill positions are going to push Mac Jones out of the first. Personally, uh, I've seen him in a lot of rookie mocks, and I've been in a lot of rookie mocks where he's going around the 203, 204, somewhere in that range, which is blasphemous just from the standpoint that he's going to be taking in the first round, most likely in the first 15 picks of the first round in this year's draft. And we all know that draft capital for quarterbacks is all that matters when it comes to Superflex. Um, But that's the one thing I think that doesn't match up exactly with what I'm seeing in most of the mocks that I'm in all right, Maddie, and what is your number one pushback of my top 12? I will not stand for this hatred on Rondale Moore. Why is he number 12 and not number one? I don't know. He, if you put Saquon Barkley's legs on a wide receiver, then you got Rondale Moore, right? I don't know. That's that's why I like Rondale Moore. Uh, I'm just joking around. I like I like your top 12, man. It's fine. All right. Well, it's it's just my top 12. It's it's basically what I did if I were on the clock. So when I when I did that earlier to prepare for the show, I just like, okay, if I was the 101, who would I take? 102, 103, 104, etc. So what we're going to do, we're going to go around the horn. Dallas is going to take the 201, Maddie's going to take the 202, I'll take the 203. Then back to four, five, six. I'll just call them out. Uh, when I get done, if you're following me on Twitter, I'll tag these two gentlemen. I'll post a picture of this because uh, I'm doing it via like an Excel spreadsheet type document, nice and color coded, just like Sleeper. But I want I want control of every single pick because I gotta have control. So all right, Dallas, you're up. You're at the two oh one. So you know all those guys are gone. You know it's a super flex. You know it's a tight end premium. Give me your guy and the uh, 30 to 45 second rundown. Yeah, so for me, this is an easy, pretty much just wash pick for me. I'm taking Devonta Smith. Heisman winner, first wide receiver to win it in decades. He's extremely fluid. Size is the only concern that people have, but it doesn't matter. Production's production. There's a lot of guys roughly the same size as him. Um, He breaks the six-foot threshold. He breaks pretty much every metric you can look for. He shows up on film. He shows up on the analytics side of his play. I like him. I talked about it a little bit when we had Angelo on. I think he's the enigma of the class. But at the 2-1, if I'm getting the Heisman winner at a position like wide receiver, give me that all day. Uh, first of all, great use of the word enigma, and we're going to put him down at the 201. You know, there was a time where being slight of frame could have been a, a hindrance, 
But man, I'm a guy who lives in Indy. If you're watching on Periscope Live right now, you'll notice I'm wearing my Colts hat. I mean, I watch Marvin Harrison. You know, from a physical standpoint, him and Devonta Smith were very similar. Coming out of school, he was not exactly a, a metrics buster. And then there's T.Y. Hilton. You know, and then as the league has got, I don't want to say soft, but as the league has gotten more player friendly and the, the lack of contact after five yards and no head hunting over the middle, there's no reason in the modern NFL why Devonta Smith cannot be successful. So, Maddie, I'm going to throw it to you, my friend. Who is going to be your guy 202? Yeah, the 202, uh, you know, it's kind of a hard pick here. Uh, Devonta Smith was the obvious pick in the second round, it seemed. Uh, so here I'm going to go with a high upside pick, and that's with Kenneth Gainwell. And, and this week, you know what he did? He gained well, man. He came in at over 200 pounds at his pro day. That is huge for Kenneth Gainwell. I mean, he kept his speed. Uh, he's an agile back. He reads the uh, he reads the guards well when they're blocking. He knows which way to go. Uh, that's something that it's vision. You can't teach that, and uh, it's something that DeAndre Swift shows. And, uh, you know, that's why I like Kenneth Gainwell is because he does a little bit of that uh, that Memphis offense. Uh, it, it runs similar to uh, – it's a very zone-heavy offense, so, you know, they, they run a lot of zone offense. And uh, that's something that they do a lot in the NFL. So, you know, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, he's going to go to his own team, and he's going he's gonna to eat. I love it. Ken- Kenneth Gainwell has become the new, uh, the new hotness, if you will. Uh, the guy I'm getting ready to take is going to be old and busted – and Kenneth Gainwell is the new hotness, but you know, he's right. You know, he had to hit that 200 pound threshold. He's got good height and someone posted a list of all the, the running backs that were that size or a hair smaller. It included like Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler and a bunch of guys who have had, you know, big success at the NFL. None bigger than Christian McCaffrey. My dude, I mean, I've, I've always been a draft running back and trade for wide receiver guy. Now, I'm going to do a little projecting in this. I think Jamar Jefferson gets day two draft capital. I think he'll wind up somewhere in that second, third round. We're going to do a show this coming Tuesday. We have got Linda and Troy King from, well, I guess they're from everywhere. And we're going to talk actually talk about this very topic, the, the best of what's left of skill positions after you know free agency starting to wind down, like a Jamar Jefferson in Pittsburgh. Jamar Jefferson in Atlanta, you know, one of those bell cow spots. Uh, that's what I'm looking for, but I like the athlete. I, I like the size and I like the fact that he's a running back. I hate to be that, that bias, but running backs just s- seem to hit sooner and earlier. And he's the kind of guy that you could really own for a year and then flip for a wide receiver this time next year. That and the wide receivers just continue to flood the NFL. So there you go, Mr. Dallas, you're back up on the clock, 204. Any thoughts on uh, Jefferson before we move forward? So I have Jefferson a little bit lower than most people, um, specifically due to the guy that I'm going to be taking at my next pick that I think will be no shock to anyone who knows me. Uh, Jefferson. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm reaching. Uh, Uh, But I like Jamar Jefferson. He's got a really well-rounded game. I think exactly what you said, if he gets picked up by a specific team that needs a running back as opposed to a team that already has someone as their starter, guns a-blazing, wheels on the ground, let's go. 
My concern is that his skill set and his well-rounded nature may put him as a team's like, oh, he's sitting in the third. We don't have a lot of depth on the running back position. Let's pick him up. And that's like the worst case scenario I can see happening. Um, but I, I do like the pick. Um, but for me personally, going at the 204, uh, uh, I'm going with my man, Michael Carter. Uh, this is right around that range that I said when we talked about him that first time. I thought he was going to be going somewhere between 204 to 206. I'm taking him right at that 204 spot. He is my running back four. He's sitting there right now. He's got an extremely well-rounded game. As you guys know, I think he's Ray Rice incarnate. He is electric in the pass game. He is electric as a route runner in the pass game. And he is deceptively strong. And that's what I love about Michael Carter. He can run between the tackles a lot better than the guy that he gets compared to in Gio Bernard. And so I think his skill set specifically is going to be amazing. He's the guy that, yes, I don't think he's going to be that workhorse back that you're looking for, but he's ideal for being a satellite back and a guy that will actually get the primary carries if the lead back, quote unquote, does go down with an injury. All right. Well, uh, you are true to your board. Mr. Big Chest, you are up at the 205. Yeah, I wanted to add on to that Jamar Jefferson pick. I think Jamar Jefferson's a really good running back. Uh, reminds me of Kareem Hunt. Uh, he runs vertically instead of, uh, instead of, you know, he doesn't sift through his line. He, he likes to go through his designed hole and then find openings. You know, he, he always runs through the design hole instead of waiting for an opening. So, you know, that's might be the, the way his college plays, but that's his play style. So I like the pick because he's he's the guy who's able to make the next man miss. He's, he has really good second level vision. So Jamar Jefferson's a guy that I was personally hoping that would fall to me and you, you took him. So uh, thank you, Memphis. But, you know, uh, at this pick. I'm going to pivot away from the running back position. I'm going to take a wide receiver, and it's going to be Terrace Marshall Jr. Uh, he's tall, he's fast, he's lanky, and uh, he's a red zone threat. There's not much more to say about him. Uh, you know, if he goes to the Packers, this pick looks a million times better. He was actually someone that I saw in a mock draft the other day, mocked to the Packers. So maybe Maddie is on to something here, my guy, now I, I could have taken him last time, and I know someone's probably driving their car and screaming, or they're watching on their phone and throwing rocks, and you're like, God bless America. Who who doesn't pick, you know, who doesn't pick Jalen Waddle before then? Now, I love Waddle. I still have him extremely high on my personal board. Uh, I picked uh, Jamar Jefferson just as a reminder that this is a very thin a very thin running back group. And once you get, I mean, and, and really running backs four through six, I mean, we went Jefferson, we went Carter, Maddie, you picked one too, and I'm drawing a blank. Um, but, but we took th- three more running backs. And once you get past that, I hate just about all these guys. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll throw my dart at some of these. I don't want to, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to table talk and potentially put a name out there. But I'm going to go Jalen uh, Waddle. I love this guy. I love the comp from Greg Cosell, a little T.Y. Hilton, a little Tyreek Hill. And, uh, you know, in the right offense, he could be I – w- I would love to see him go back to Miami. I don't think he'll go at a place in the NFL draft where Miami, Miami can get him. But, man, um, just an interesting skill set and a guy that I'm into. So, Dallas, uh, anything on Waddle and you, sir, are up at the 207. 
Yeah, for me, everyone knows Waddle's not exactly my uh, flavor of choice when I'm selecting wide receivers, but I think where you're getting him, he's not going to be there um, in a real draft. I enjoy the pick. It was the smart move. Highest player on your board, highest player on pretty much everyone's board, including mine. Uh, He would have been my pick two ago if things had basically worked out how I thought they were going to. But uh, approve of him. Funny that you mentioned the T.Y. Tyreek kind of comparison there because there's some talks of T.Y. going to the Chiefs, if you guys haven't heard about that, which I would be totally down with as our secondary wide receiver. But going with my next pick in the second round, I am going with my tried and true guy. I'm going with Elijah Moore. I think he realistically behind my previous pick at the 201 Devonta Smith may very well be the best pure route runner and separator in the class. He is electric. And I, along with Andrew Erickson, we have been exchanging random tweets, every video of Elijah Moore that's popped up on any of our timelines from all the way back in high school. We've been exchanging because it's just so much fun to watch this guy play football. And that's the kind of player I want on top of being good at football. I want to enjoy when I'm watching him play. And Elijah Moore is that guy. No. And, and I actually have seen him starting to creep up into the first round of NFL mock drafts. Now this will not happen. Uh, I don't, I don't know if these guys are mocking to stroke their own ego or it's a come, Hey, come look how smart I am. But Chris Ballard has done exactly three drafts in Indianapolis, and as interested as I would be to see Elijah Moore become a Colt, it's not going to happen in the first round. Not on a Chris Ballard team that needs a left tackle, that needs a defensive lineman to replace D'Amico Autry. He is not taking a wide receiver, even one as talented as Elijah Moore, but I think someone will. And he is part of this group. And, and this goes back to my, my Waddle Passover at the 103. Every year, the NCAA is giving us, like since 2018, 10, 12, 15 wide receivers that can produce almost immediately. And you're seeing that impact on free agency. Guys like Juju getting a one-year, $8 million deal. I mean, Kenny, Kenny Galladay got paid. But outside of that, man, th- this free agent market, it's because the, the, the salary cap constraints due to COVID has really squeezed that NFL middle class because would you be surprised? Now I'll ask you, Dallas, because you just drafted him. Would you be surprised if Elijah Moore had landed in that Juju Smith-Schuster role in Pittsburgh? Would you have been surprised if he was uh, as equally effective in that role as Juju has been the last couple of years? Not as 1,400 and whatever, you know, 14 touchdown year, but I'm talking about the last two years when he's been around like 80 receptions and 900 yards. Not at all. I think he probably would have done more than what we've seen from Juju the last two years since that blow up season that he's had. Specifically, Elijah Moore can be a security blanket. He can be the quote unquote tiny tight end that a lot of the young quarterbacks will want to latch onto. So when I see him, I, I, I literally was hoping Juju wouldn't return to Pittsburgh so that a guy like Elijah Moore could immediately find a role in an offense like Pittsburgh. Uh, specifically, I I know they've brought in some guys, but they're still needing some wide receiver help. I think Miami is the ideal spot for him. Tua likes to throw short. He likes to throw towards separators. He likes to throw in timing routes. Give me a guy who can do that in Elijah Moore. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if he put up a stat line in his rookie season of somewhere around that 70 to 80 catches, 
maybe not the 900 yards, but somewhere around 800, just as that repeated target hog. All right. I, I didn't mean to shit on Juju Smith-Schuster. That's more of like Odell Beckham's thing. So, Maddie, you're back up at the 209. Who, who you got? Yeah, uh, you know, this is where the tier breakdown starts to happen because Elijah Moore was the top of my top of my tiers. So, you know, I'm going to go to the tight end position because this is tight end premium. I'm taking the yards after the catch monster, Brevin Jordan. Uh, this guy reminds me of Johnny Smith in his yards after the catch, uh, a little more agile. Um, he's good. You know, there's this is tight end premium, like we said. So you need, you need your tight ends. So anything to shore up the tight end position, I'll take. And uh, Brevin Jordan's my tight end, too, in this class. Well, I was getting ready to cuss you. Yes, there is a lot of uh, familiarity. I would have loved to have seen him actually produce at the Combine the way that we saw Mike Gusecki produce at the Combine or even a Vernon Davis. Uh, I know Noah Fant was another super freak from an athlete standpoint. I'm going to take a guy that I don't think is going to be quite the athletic super freak at the tight end position. But it's someone that I really hope lands in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, and that's Pat Fryermuth. Uh, tight end premium. I don't think I'll wind up with a lot of Kyle Pitts in my rookie drafts, even tight end premium, based on where I think he would go. Because 99.9% of my leagues that are tight end premium are also super flex. And if I'm drafting in a spot where Kyle Pitts is going to go, I'm probably going to lean one of the big three running backs or one of the big three or four quarterbacks. It's just... It's the value of the position and a little bit more certainty. So I love Kyle Pitts. And one thing I will say about Kyle Pitts is that would you be shocked if this happened last year with Antonio Gibson? We thought he would be drafted as a wide receiver. The football team announced him as a running back. You know, if if Kyle Pitts tells Team X, hey, we're not going to go to you if you draft us as a tight end. We want to be designated as a wide receiver because we want that wide receiver, that wide receiver scratch come the second contract. That could really screw you over down the road in, in a rookie draft. So, but anyway, Pat Fryermuth, kind of a more of a classic tight end uh, that, that can catch the ball. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping to get more than, than like Kyle Rudolph. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he's like Kyle Rudolph with some upside. So I'm going to take Pat Fryermuth at the 109. Easy for me to say. Dallas, you're back up at the uh, 110. So for me, this is kind of like what Maddie said. I am in a tier of I'm okay with any of these guys. So I'm going to go with a personal preference. Uh, I have three wide receivers in this specific tier. I'm going to go with my guy, Deami Brown. Uh, this may be unpopular to a lot of people out there with guys like Amon Ross St. and Tylen Wallace as my other two guys that are in that tier. But when I see Deami, he when I'm in this range in the draft, I'm looking for a guy that can absolutely dominate at what he's asked to do at the next level. And that is what Diami can do. He not only can be a target hog, but he is one of probably the top two or three deep ball wide receivers in this draft. He's extremely consistent with his route running. He separates, he can get behind you. The only thing that people have issues with are drops. And anyone who's heard me talk about it before, I'm going to repeat myself real quickly. Drops are the least sticky stat from year to year along with touchdowns. So for me, that's something that you can fit, sit him in front of a jugs machine, give him a thousand balls a week for all I care. I don't care. I want what you can't teach. And that's athleticism and an understanding of exactly where you're supposed to be for your quarterback to get open. 
Man, I, I want to agree with you, but my fear is it would come down to where he gets if he gets drafted to like an old stodgy ball coach. Not that they would do it, but the uh, the gentleman who coaches the the Denver Broncos used to be the DC in the uh, Vic Fangio. Man, you drop a couple of balls under Vic Fangio, man, your ass is on the bench. So land, I want him to go to like to like a progressive head coach. Uh, remember, I'll never forget Kareem Hunt's first game on Thursday Night Football. Literally, Al Michael says that he's not fumbled the ball since like a freshman in college. In like his very first series, he fumbles. Did Andy Reid bench him for the rest of his life? No. Andy Reid put him right back out there. So um, I hopefully he goes to uh, a good progressive offense. All right, Maddie, you're up 211. Yeah, Quick man, question before so, we start, Maddie. Sure. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm going to go with this. So you were talking about fit. How would you feel about him going to Tennessee? Dude, I would feel I would feel fine with anybody going to Tennessee. Um, I they here's the thing about Tennessee, I would love it because they need volume, they need playmakers. Um, I don't know how redundant he is to AJ Brown. I mean, AJ Brown's kind of his own thing, so it's hard to do like a one to one comparison. But yeah, there's a little side note: anyone who lands in Tennessee is going to be a value because right now it's currently AJ Brown. Uh, Corey Davis is gone. Adam Humphreys is gone. Jonu Smith is gone. Um, I'm missing someone else, too. I mean, like, literally, it's literally, without any, any much of a hyperbole at all, it's literally A.J. Brown and no one else. So, yes, I would love anybody, anybody in Tennessee. Matty, you're up. Last pick of the second round for you, my friend. Yeah, man. So this is uh, this is where you talk about the running back position being a little more valuable than wide receivers. There's one guy in a PPR league that I might reach on, but you know, uh, I'm I'm gonna drop his name, but he's not my pick. My pick is Chuba Hubbard uh, from Oklahoma State. He's fast. Uh, you know, this is just a, a value pick. This is hoping that he turns out to be something because he he regressed his senior year. Um, he had Jonathan Taylor like numbers his junior year, but you know that he was the whole offense. So, you know, he he produced at a high level in, in college. Uh, you like to see that, but you don't like to see the regression his senior year. So that's why he's dropping in these rookie drafts. And that's why I'm going to take a chance on him in the second round at the end because, you know, the, the chance that he hits is pretty high with his talent because he broke out at a young age. Yeah, he, he is uh, – he, he's an interesting guy. I, I was – you know, like everybody has regrets in life. Like one of mine was never joining the military. If I could go back and redo it, I, I would do that. If Chuba Hubbard had one regret, it was not coming out last year and coming back and getting mixed up in this COVID season. I know he had issues with his coach and and all, all sorts of other things. I am, I'm going to take a bit of a reach here, but a guy that I really, really like, um, especially with the way the NFL is using slot receivers, and it may be a, a small tad bit of a reach, but I'm going to do it. And that's going to be Amari Rogers. I really like this five foot nine, two hundred and fifteen pound little ball of muscle. Just could not be a bigger fan. And you know, good athletic measurables. I, I think he's like a he looks like a poor man's Rondale Moore. I was um, just about to name drop him as my running back pick because they were working him out of running back. Reminds dude, me that, of that Antonio would, Gibson. That would, that would be awesome for me, um, a guy who can get some carries as, as well. So I'm going to go Amari Rogers, and I'm going to give these guys a minute to have a drink of their beverage while I recap the, the second round. So the 201 was Devonta Smith, 
The 202 was Kenneth Gainwell. The 303 was Jamar Jefferson. The, uh, the 204 was Michael Carter. The 205 was Terrace Marshall Jr. The 206 was Jalen Waddell. The 207 was Elijah Moore. The 208 was Brevin Jordan. The 209 was Pat Fryermuth. The 210 was uh, Diami Brown. The 211 is Chuba Hubbard. And the 212 is Amari Rogers. So, Dallas, anything you want to cover on Rogers before you make the 301? Yeah, we've talked about him a little bit more. Again, it was the same episode with Andrew um, from PFF. Uh, him and Elijah Moore are my two favorite slot receivers. He, uh, no, To be honest with you, no one's talking about Amari Rogers right now, and they really should be. He's going to be a guy that falls in your drafts when you look on the board, you're like, okay, there's some wide receivers, not really liking any of them here. I would strongly suggest taking Amari Rogers over even the next guy I'm about to take. I have Amari was going to be my next pick. I was sitting there like, I know Memphis is probably going to take Amari right now uh, just from conversations we've had. But I, I love him, man. He is extremely versatile. He's extremely underrated. And I love his physicality. Um, You guys know, I love those dog mentality guys when they're out there and he's one of them. All right. Well, Mr. Magic Matty, the graphics guru, you're up at the 302. Oh, I didn't actually take anyone at the 301. Oh. Yet. It's all good. I'll go. Uh, I'll make it quick. So my next guy is my dog guy uh, that I compare to Amari Rodgers. It's Mr. Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State. So Tylen Wallace is that guy who, like I said, I like the guys that can separate. I like the guys who can out physical you on the outside when they're not playing inside the slot. And that's what Tylen Wallace does. He dominated at a young age. He does have an injury history. It's not an extensive one, but it's one to look out for. That's why at this point I'm looking for upside and he's a guy that screams upside to me. And he had a nice inflated 40 time down at Exos. You know, he was another one of those sub four, four guys with a, Little wink, if you will. All right, Maddie, you're up at the 302. Tylen Wallace off the board. It's my sleeper pick. It's Demetri Felton out of UCLA. Uh, he's a running back wide receiver slot hybrid. Uh, this guy's a lot like JD McKissick. Uh, in a PPR league, this guy is a sleeper stash, man. Uh, he played 50% of his snaps at wide receiver, 50% of his snaps at running back his senior year of college. Uh, I like that, man. And that's some some positional versatility that I like. So uh, Demetri Felton's a guy that I'll be scooping up at the 301 in most of my leagues. Uh, if if my man uh, Amari Rogers from Clemson isn't there. Well, I, I sniped you on him. Now, so what I'm doing is as, as, as I'm writing down these names, actually I'm typing them out. I am... Uh, I'm putting down position designations and I'm going to color code it. So it looks similar to, uh, so it looks similar to sleeper, but, uh, I put him down RB slash wide receiver. He's the first one that I gave a dual, a dual designation. So, all right, I'm back up, man, dude, the board's getting thin, but that's why we do these drafts is all right. I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to go Amon Ross St. Brown wide receiver out of UCLA. This might be Next to Jalen Waddle, this might be the biggest, the biggest steal that I, I've made yet. Um, talented guy, uh, from all I've read and heard, he is the more talented of the St. Browns. Ironically, 
Much like his brother, he was someone that I was expecting to go earlier in rookie drafts, like his brother Equinemius, and both of those uh, guys managed to slide just a little bit. So I'm going to kick it back to Dallas for the 304. Yeah, so for me, I'm going with a guy that I actually had rated quite a bit higher than some of the other guys that we picked recently. I don't know if he's going to get the draft capital that I'm having in my head specifically, but I'm going with the big time, the hammer himself, Ramondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma. He is a guy that is going to be in that 230 plus range weight wise, but he is basically a dancing bear. He moves so shifty for a guy that's that big. And if he comes into a backfield that's even remotely up in the air, remotely, he is going to take it over. He is a guy this late at the running back position that has probably the highest upside in my eyes for actually seizing a specific role, specifically the goal line, um, just with the physicality that he plays with and the size. But I think he is someone that even if he doesn't have the lead role in his rookie year, he's still going to be viable depending on the team that he actually goes to. All right. Well, he is a guy that uh, I've heard mixed, mixed results uh, about this guy. So for me, man, this thing just gets sketchier and sketchier. All right. I don't, I don't mind him this late in a draft. He's another guy. He he was uh, Elijah. Was it Moore? Is Moore the one that uh, that, that you had earlier? Okay, he was Elijah Moore because there's two Elijahs. We're going to talk about one eventually. Uh, Elijah Moore was the the second coming of Kadarius Tony, as in the guy that all the draft Knicks were just raising about. Just you know, raving. Hey, you know this guy's going to be an NFL first rounder. I'm not sure I trust him. I'm not sure I trust the the overall game and his lack of production at times in college. But when you're in the third round of your rookie drafts, man, you're throwing darts. And, and you know, I, I wrote an article a long time ago that like the first round, it's like if you want to compare it to gambling, it's like playing poker. You know, the really talented people that do their research and study and do solvers and, and work on the game, they can be really successful. The second round's a little bit more like blackjack. If you play it perfectly – You've got a slight edge over 50-50. You start getting into the third round, man. You know, the, the odds just keep getting. Eventually, you get to, like, slot machine range. And you just want to pull that handle, and you just want to come up a winner. So, Kadarius Tony in the right system could be that very, very thing. I mean, maybe he winds up in Miami. Maybe he does what Dallas was talking earlier. So, I'm going to go Kadarius Tony at the 306 and give it back You're to Dallas. Me? Yeah, I'm sniping you. You, 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 you just you, you just skipped me and sniped me. Oh. Well, that's what happens when you're trying to host, produce, and whatever. So are you taking Kadarius, Tony? I was going to, but I'll uh, I'll pivot. I'll let you have Kadarius, Tony, and I'll take a guy that uh, many people don't know about. His name is Jalen Darden out of uh, University of North Texas. Uh, North Texas has produced Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, recently from the uh, for the NFL, so not many names, but... Uh, Jalen Darden's a he's an athlete and uh I like what he's done on tape. I'm I'm not gonna keep it too long, but I like Jalen Darden. You know, you're the 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 third person that I've heard mention Jalen Darden. Uh one of them is Greg Cosell. He was recently doing a guest spot on uh, another podcast, and he was talking about Jalen Darden, and I was like, eyebrow raised, because Greg Cosell has steered me very well 
over the years with these wide receivers. All right, Dallas, you're up at the 307, I'm sure, this time. <laughs> yeah, uh, just a quick note on Darden. The one concern I have is, yes, he puts up some good tape, but at the same time, the competition he's going up against, typically I don't care about that, but from watching some of his like all 22 type film that they have on him. A lot of the times it's just him running a slant over the middle of the field against a division three linebacker who runs a 5.0 40 that has no chance of tracking him down. So that's just something to be a little bit wary of. I don't think he's super fast, which is kind of a cutoff for me when a guy that probably going to be relegated to inside, but I'm going to do it. Maddie's going to hate it. I don't care. I was playing the waiting game, the chicken game, to see if he was going to take him because I knew he probably wasn't. Uh, I'm taking my man, Tamori and Terry. I'm a man of my word. This draft is officially the all-Dallas team is what I'm rocking right now based off of my picks. But honestly, I'd be comfortable taking him sooner than where I'm taking him right now. Physical tools-wise, he is above pretty much everyone in this draft class. He has the physicality that no one else in this draft class has. He has the size. He has the speed. I wish that the combine was happening this year, as many do, just so we could see him run that 4-3 at that 220 size. But only concerns that you have with him are his drops, which I don't care about, and you have to be a little bit concerned with the off-issue stuff that's going on but at the same time fsu was a complete disaster with the coaching this year there's a lot of issues going on with the organizational stuff the offensive playbook he basically left the team so you just kind of have to you have to be comfortable taking him but if he lands on any team that needs a legitimate deep threat he is going to feast and you people need to recognize it hey uh some of these some of these names call themselves so so you guys have been great all right now, Maddie, I apologize for uh, skipping you last time. I'm not going to skip you this time. You are back up, my friend. You have got the 308. This is a guy that I like quite a bit, and uh, that is Kylan Hill. Um, you know, he's he's an all-around back. He reminds me of Jamal Williams. He's just a guy that you're hoping finds a role as a niche uh, RB2 in a team that gives him an opportunity uh, he fits really well in any kind of Shanahan offense, and there's a lot of those going around in the NFL these days. Uh, but, you know, any of the floor brother runs that. Uh, so if he ends up on the Jets, uh, Kylan Hill would be a great value. Um, you know, Kylan Hill is just a, he's he's a guy who you want your on your team. He he plays football to play football, so uh, that's why I like Kylan Hill. All right. Well, this this is classic Memphis. This is the later we go in the draft, the more I'm going to lean running back. So I'm going to go with a senior coming out of Louisiana uh, Lafayette. I want to make sure I got that right. The Raging Cajuns. It is Mr. Elijah Mitchell. I told you you were going to hear about this guy. You're going to hear about this guy. 5'10", 215 pounds. Um, This is my. We've been asking a lot of our guests recently, who's your 20? 21 James Robinson. This is my 2021 James Robinson. I like the size. I like the small school. Um, I, I, I think if I hit on him in the end of the third round, then I can get out a year from now, just like you you got out good on James Robinson. I actually, actually saw James Robinson go in the fourth round of a startup. 
Superflex tight end premium league that I'm in the middle of right now. So for me, I'm going to go with my man, the other Elijah, the the not-so-talented Elijah, but still Elijah I want. Elijah Mitchell running back out of Louisiana Lafayette. All right, Dallas, your final pick of the shenanigan. You're up. Yeah, absolutely. Just so you know, uh, you both went back-to-back with my last two running backs that I had ranked. Everyone else that's available, I don't care about. So that's just my cutoff. (laughs) I don't even rank anyone else after that. But my QB6 is very controversial is how I will phrase it. Uh, I'm not going with a very well-known or talked about guy specifically. I want to talk about Davis Mills a little bit just because I watched his pro day earlier this week. He really impressed me in the rain. He looked great. And there was just a lot of tools. It's just the injury and the offense that he played in was a little bit concerning. He's a guy I would probably pick in front of this guy, but it's between Davis Mills and my QB six right now is Peyton Ramsey out of Northwestern. So this is extremely unpopular pick. A lot of you are probably going who the hell is Peyton Ramsey. Uh, He is a guy that transferred from Indiana. He started for Northwestern and He went under the radar in the Big Ten, but he is a steady Eddie at quarterback. He reminds me a lot of what Mac Jones specifically does. His accuracy is on point, and he actually has a very accurate deep ball specifically. Again, the questions come in when you talk about his arm strength specifically, but when I see him, he dismantles defenses. He dismantled Ohio State's defense in that extremely close game with Northwestern this last year. His last collegiate game that he played against Auburn in the bowl game, he put up 70% completion, 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, no fumbles, and was only sacked two times. That's a good SEC defense. He, on the stage, showed out. The people that want to rank Kyle Trask from Florida above of him, just because of that one year of production, he floundered when it mattered. He floundered down the stretch. I want to go with a guy who's a steady Eddie if I'm picking a quarterback in this type of super flex. He reminds me a lot of what we're seeing right now from Gardner Minshew to where he has the tools to succeed. I don't know if he's going to be a starter. He definitely needs a situational type of situation to pop up. But at this late in the draft, the end of the third round in a super flex, I'm going to go with a guy that I have the most confidence in at quarterback. All right, it's as if Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Ramsey had a child, and you got Patrick Ramsey. All right, Maddie, last pick, 311, fire away. The choice for me here, man, is either a quarterback or a wide receiver. Um, You know, I have a guy pretty high on my board, and I think I'm going to take him because I can play the sound effect. Whoa, he has trouble with the snap! And that's Nico Collins out of Michigan. Uh, Nico Collins is a bigger receiver. He's 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 a little slower, uh, but he's a possession receiver, and that's what I like uh, uh, from him uh, specifically. He doesn't let bo- balls get away from his body. Uh, good good catch radius uh, goes out for everything, man. And uh, you know he had a pretty terrible quarterback throwing him the rock, which is Shea Patterson. Um, so you can't really fault him for that. Uh, you know they didn't have a wide receiver coach his freshman year. Uh, so that's another thing that Michigan was doing wrong. Um, you know, the, the, everything that could have went wrong in his college career went wrong, and he still produced a decent amount with a terrible quarterback. So, you know, I think that Nico Collins, personally having met the guy, is a stand-up person. So that's why I'm going to be drafting him is because I believe in his character and, and his ability on the field.
So I think he has the intangibles as well as the on the field stuff. All right. Well, I thought that Dallas was going to go with my guy. I am going to go with Chris Sims, QB3. I am going to go Kellen Mond. Uh, if I'm going to take another dart throw in a league, and, you know, this guy says, uh, Chris Sims says that Kellen Mond gives him Dak Prescott vibes, a guy that could come in and uh, maybe do some damage in the NFL. I don't know. But if, if you get lucky and you hit on a running back in the back end of the third round, you're going to make a profit. If you hit on a quarterback in the back end of the third round in a super flex, you are going to make an amazing amount of profit and flippability. So that is our third round. I'm going to recap that real quick, and then I'm going to get these guys out of here. All right, 301, Tylen Wallace. 302, Demetric Felton. 303, Amon Ra St. Brown. 304, Ramondre Stevenson. 306, Jalen Darden, uh, excuse me, 305 was Jalen Darden, 306 was Kadarius Tony, 307 was Tamarian Terry, 308 was Kylan Hill, 309 was Elijah Mitchell, 310 was Patrick Ramsey, 311 Nico Collins, 312 Kelland Moore. All right, Dallas, one question, actually two questions because I'm the host, I can do that. One, where can these people find you, and who was your favorite pick of this exercise? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so once again, my Twitter handle is at Salad Galore with two L's, my name backwards, S-A-L-L-A-D. Uh, you can also find me over at the Podcasting Network, as well as every Sunday night with my main man Memphis here on the Dynasty Rookie Rundown. Uh, when it comes to my personal favorite pick, I would probably have to go with your Waddle pick. I think that was the best value that you're ever going to see Jalen Waddle go at. I think it made the most sense with what the board was setting up as. And I think that would have the highest dividends of return. All right. I did great. All right, Maddie. Uh, where can these people find you? What are you working on? And uh, who is your favorite pick of this draft? Yeah, man. Find me on YouTube, Maddie Big Chest. Find me on Twitter at Maddie Big Chest. Um, you know, my favorite pick of this draft. And it was the first pick of the draft. It was Devonta Smith. That was the best value in my mind. Uh, you know, you can't convince me otherwise. Can't say I hate it. And make sure you follow that man on YouTube and at Maddie Big Chest on Twitter. I'm gonna plug his graphics work because his graphics work is very good. And my favorite pick of this draft, it's it's really close between the, the Marshall Jr. and the Waddle pick. I, I think those are both tremendous values, and that's a tie that will be break, broken on draft night. So uh, there you go. As promised, a little mock draft Monday in, in your life. You've now got 36 players taken in a super flex, tight end premium, you know, if you're watching along or listening on YouTube, comment below, man. Let us know what pick you liked. Let us know what you didn't like. And if you're listening on the podcast, make sure to leave us a five-star review. And if you want to help us do everything, support our sponsors, but rate, review, subscribe, and share everywhere. And on behalf of Maddie and Dallas, my name is Memphis. And remember, here at the Rookie Rundown, we are just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here real soon with more rookies. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Tell us a little bit about Hate Brand. When did that start, and uh, how are things going with it? 
Things are good, man. Uh, that started in October of 2014. So now, give or take seven years into doing whatever this thing is. And um, that's apparel company I started then and wanted to start making some clothes that I wanted to wear is really where it started. It start, and, uh, did it start more with you writing something first? Like, yeah, you, like yeah. uh, was it like an ebook or something that you put out or? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a book. And then we made an ebook. So I wrote a book in 2010 of uh, how to train for the Highland games called training lab. And one of the sections I wrote about in the book is called the hate. And this was just this kind of personal philosophy I had that my brother and I had spoke about. Um, just with athletes that we admired. And it was these guys that just, you know, still on top, still still willing to do the work to get better, that it seemed their concern was always about them getting better to their standard and mm. not about what had to do with anyone else. So they didn't hate and other it was people. This idea that you, you see those guys get up in the morning on like 4 a.m. and it's, yo, that dude hates himself more than me. <laughs> that guy's willing to put in the work. He's willing to do it. And so from that point on, it was about like, I'm all right with getting beaten by someone better than me, but I'm not willing to be outworked. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. Tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. <laughs> 